Recorded live. Um, hello, this is Michael Adams, and it's nothing but the truth, and uh, my journey to find it in front of the Word of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, First, I'd like to make an apology to uh, all c- concerned uh, about moving the show up an hour, if anybody is planning on having us do a show at 10 p.m. Eastern. Well, Larry Phillips has agreed to do it an hour ahead because I'm exhausted. And I've been hanging out with my lovely son all day for two days now straight, and I'm just exhausted. <laughs> I don't know if I could fall off a late night tonight. I'm just uh, worn out. So Larry agreed to uh, move it up uh, an hour. Um, I'm sorry, and I apologize ahead of time. Um, once again, to those who are hoping to join us in fellowship, um, and also uh, Larry's agreed to, because there's nobody here with us, that we may do a reading of some of the sermons, I believe it is, from uh, Thomas Bradbury. And um, I guess the name of the book is called Good Doctrine. And I'll let Larry, uh, Larry explain more about that. Once again, I apologize, and thank you, Larry, for uh, being willing to, being so adaptable, not only to do the show, but then move it up uh, an hour ahead, so. That's no problem I, at all. Sure needed. Yeah. I I understand because I I was uh, privy to some of the um, activity by Chase and his tremendous energy that you had to deal with today. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this book, Good Doctrine, was given to me by Thomas Bradbury. It was given to me by Jerry Maurer, and it's one of Jerry's favorite books, and I can see why. Uh, in fact, Jerry said in all of his library, this would have to be in probably on the top. Uh, and I can see, you know, after reading this, I can't get away from it, and I keep going back to it. And every time I go back to it, I get blessed all over again. And what I thought I'd do tonight, where the the long range goal is to get a copy of this book in Michael's hands out in Sylvania, Ohio, not Sylvania, Pennsylvania, and and then we'd like to, I think we'd like to read these sermons on air and then also post them on Sermon Audio because you don't hear this kind of preaching anymore, Michael. I mean, it's just just absent. I mean, you don't even hear this in the pulpit. It's just, just, uh, and I think it'll be uh, readily apparent. Now, the the um, I was thinking about it's hard to really even uh, decide which one to read, but I've decided I want to read because I just finished re- doing a study in First Corinthians one thirty, uh, and he does a complete sermon on, on that called "In Christ Jesus." And I probably won't read the whole sermon, but I think I'll read enough so that you'll get a flavor of of, of the, the how. The Spirit is working in this man as he uh, as he as he preaches. This was preached in Grove Chapel, uh, um, Camberwell, uh, Sunday evening, December thirteenth, eighteen seventy four, by Thomas Bradbury. It's called "In Christ Jesus." But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1, 30, 31. 
To, to understand such a portion as this intelligently and experimentally is to glorify indeed in a covenant Jehovah, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He is the alone glory of all those whom he in he love pitched upon before all worlds, whom he has redeemed to himself by the precious blood of the Son of his love, whom he brings to himself by the grace and power of his indwelling spirit. These are brought into the loving enjoyment of himself by the testimony of grace which he has made sure to all the seed royal of heaven. This is opened up in the precious scripture. Psalm 35:14. The secret of the Lord is within the fear him and his covenant to make them know it. You will see that I've quoted this not as you read it in your Bible, but as the honest translators have rendered it in the margin, because his heart is ever with his elect and redeemed people, and according to his purpose of eternal love and his secret unchanging mercy in Christ Jesus, he will show them his covenant. These were precious words flowing from the exercised heart of David as he was nearing the end of his strange, eventful life. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. Second Samuel 23.5 This covenant is so designed that all interested in it shall be blessed, blessedly made to know it. Previous to this, they are all strangers to the covenant, ignorant of God, and without hope in the world, but he would not, could not, leave them in such a destitute condition. Though they were bent on having nothing to do with him, he would have everything to do with them and for them. This is beautifully set forth in John Newton's sweet lines. Determined to save, he washed o'er my path. When Satan's blind slave, I sported with death. And can he have taught me to trust in his name, and thus far have brought me to put me to shame? On my, brother, on my mother's breast, he kept me in perfect safety. Amid all the uncertainties of childhood and youth, he pre preserved me to the spot where he made himself known to me as my covenant God and Father and the Son of his love. A, and something better than that, for he revealed his Son in me. In the depths of my heart's anxieties and exercises by the power of the Holy Ghost, he did not ask me, would I like to know his covenant or enjoy his care? Oh, no. He sweetly compelled me without doing violence to the will of his own creating, a will led and taught to say, Thy way, not mine, O Lord, however dark it be. Lead me by thine own right hand. Choose out the path for me. The work of my salvation is all in his own hands. And having saved and helped me thus far... He is daily proving to me that in salvation matter, that in salvation matters he will be master. But mark you, he does it not in a masterful spirit, but always in a fatherly spirit, a spirit of love, piety, pity, and compassion. Concerning his elect and redeemed children, he has caused it to be written, "They shall be all taught of God." John six forty five. This is the covenantal surety claims as his own charge, and glories in carrying out his responsibility. As a sponsor of his people, he promised and vowed not three things, but everything, and confirmed the same by an oath, and has declared for their encouragement, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, 
And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. How do they come? Come of themselves, they cannot. It is not in them to take a single step heavenward, Godward. If they come, they must be brought, they must be carried. So he, in the riches of his grace, seeing their helplessness, carries them in his bosom of everlasting love and brings them in his arms of infinite power to his Father's house, to his Father's heart, to his home of eternal love. They shall come, is the decree of the Father, the delight of the Son, the doing of the Holy Ghost. They help. They shall come, sinful to be saved, helpless to be helped, poor to be enriched, ignorant to be taught, hungry to be fed, condemned to be justified, disgraced to be honored, burdened to be blessed, because he says, I will bring them they shall come. With weeping and with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of water in a straight way wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. In bringing his own to himself into glory, he will see to it that by his glory shines in every step. Time would fail me to set forth the beauty and blessedness of this bringing and carrying grace. I will therefore in humble dependence upon the guidance of God, the Holy Ghost, seek to direct your attention and rouse your interest in the prominent features of the text. Look at them. We will consider them in the order in which they appear. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. The first words attracts our attention and demands our prayerful consideration. But this is a glorious but. There are all kinds of buts in the world, many which find no lodging here. The Arminian is ever ready with his but against the sovereign right of God to elect and save whom he will. The free willers but calls into question the inability of the natural man to perform spiritual acts and the necessity for the Spirit's work in regeneration or restoration. In the epistle to the Romans, these spirits are clearly described and exposed. At every step of his argument, the apostle anticipates, discovers, and silences objectors after objector. What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What shall we say then? Is the law sin? But ifs, perhapses, and peradventures abound, Whenever the pure gospel, the grace of God, flows forth from a heart in a living and loving oneness with the Christ of God. For every one of these, God has his answer in perfect refutation in the scripture of truth. We will dismiss all considerations of man's objections and seek for instruction and encouragement in God's own butts. These are most precious and differ altogether from vain man's fleshly questionings. A butt from the mouth of God is ever the forerunner of some gracious revelation. He first portrays man's depravity and inability. On the pangs felt at the discovery of distance from God, destitution of his mercy and truth, and deserved damnation. Here he proves to me that he has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and that the clouds which frighten me are the dust, are the dust of his feet. In the midst of all this, I see mercy remembered in the midst of wrath revealed. In the midst of the surging waves of divine fury against sin, God's glorious butt appears as an immovable breakwater over which the billows of eternal vengeance can never roll. Grace makes and reveals a way into the haven of covenant security and delights in sweeping away every obstacle 
from the pathway of righteous grace and gracious righteousness. What a mercy it is to see, know, and enjoy Jesus himself on the ground of his accomplished righteousness as the only standing for poor sinners before God. But even here, I learn afresh the old truth of the preacher's inability, though he may be deeply taught, though he may appear with a full weight gospel meaning all the wants and necessities of God's poor and needy people, the preacher cannot convey a single blessing to their hungering and thirsting souls. My felt inability impels me to cry frequently for Jesus to make a place for himself in the hearts of his people before me. The silvery eloquence of an Apollos can never captivate a heart bowed down with a sense of sin and shame, yet it may be that the voice of the beloved is heard in the midst of glowing eloquence, which is but tame talk without him. But our most glorious Christ is not limited nor confined to one class of ministers for the spread of his gospel and the advancement of his kingdom in the earth. When he wants to say of his people to be near unto him, he will have them brought there. It may be through the rugged ministry of a Cephas or the eloquent utterance of an Apollos or the logical arguments of a Paul. If we are, if we are blessed with a God-given minister, be he rugged or refined, may God compel us to hold him close with thankful hearts. If a preacher preaches himself a God, himself, God is not glorified. Christ is not exalted. The Spirit is not honored. The flock is starved. Let a preacher preach Christ under the anointing, however homely his language may be. He must leave covenant blessings behind him. Let us, and so that's that's just the first part of that's the first bat, <laughs> okay, in the in the in the uh, scripture there that he started with. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. So he's got the first word of his sermon uh, covered in in those uh, four pages. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Uh, I'm enjoying it. If you, if you got the energy, yeah, please keep I on just, reading. Uh, looks like I, Chris has joined us. Hello, Chris. And uh, uh, Chris, please chime in if you have any comments. I'm yeah, and, and if you have any questions or anything, uh, feel free to jump in. Um I, hear, I, think I, I think I hear Chris right now. Are you there, Chris? Hi, brothers. Hey, there hey. you are. Calling out How your name. Three shows. Finally got a hold of you. How are you today, you guys? Thanks, Good, for, uh, thanks for that uh, Skype alert. Yeah, that's fine. I wanted to make sure that we changed the times, and so we wanted to make sure you know that everybody had an update on that, too. Thank you. I apologize. That's my fault. I'm just exhausted after two days. So, Chris, how how are you doing, man? Well, I guess I'm doing. I went to the dump today and uh, just did normal functionary things around the house and stuff. How are you all? Doing okay. All doing okay. Kind of, uh, you know, I know that today has been a tough day for Michael because he's you know, little Chase has a lot of energy, and with oh, Michael's yeah. situ with Michael's situation, it could be pretty draining. You know, so. Sure. How are you doing, Mike? <sighs> <laughs> you said it all, brother. Yes, I am. It's very, it's very tired. But uh, Larry's been very gracious once again, and he started reading out of a little book called Good Do- uh, Good Doctor. 
uh, sermons That's from the uh, book, Larry. Good doctrine. It's called Good Doctrine. It was given to me by Jerry Maurer, and the the guy that it's twelve sermons by Thomas Bradbury, and this guy is just. I mean, I'm really enjoying reading it. He he was around in 1890s, and he preached in England, and um, he's not very well known. I mean, he was you know he was like an itinerant minister, but what comes out of his mouth is just pure gold, you know. Awesome, good doctrine. Yeah, yeah, and I'm reading a sermon. The sermon is entitled. It's taken from 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Oh, that's music to my ears. <laughs> and so I, that's what I, I was reading there when uh, when you came on board. And... Uh, oh. Friend of mine from uh, from North Carolina gave me a call, and we were on the phone a little bit. And, uh, it's so good to have friends. He's not. He's more. I don't know what what you categorize him in. He, he's starting to understand God, and I I yeah. really want to give him the law and the gospel. But in a way, he, he's a little older than I am. But uh, yeah, it's funny. All my most of my friends are older than me. But anyway. Uh, in due time, in due time. He's got a lot of maladies, you know. Yeah. We all have a lot of maladies. How's your back, Larry? Well, I frankly, I'm I'm going through it right now, you know, um, because I I can't. They tell me if I do surgery and I have because of the curvature of the spine, they don't know whether the hip replacement thing would do too good, and so they don't give me, you know, they don't give you any guarantees. They, in fact, they and so it's, there's really no reason for me to do it if I don't have any assurance it's going to be better than it is. So, you know, I am enduring quite a bit of pain, but God, God is helping me, and I have such a lovely helpmate. She, she babies me. She, you know, she treats me like a, a That's little wonderful. baby. Rosette <laughs> is such a jewel. She's really a jewel. Yeah, and Mark, she is. good boy. Mark's a good son, not a boy. He's a son. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's. But uh, how's your eye? I mean, are you... Are well, you... It's, a, it's ischemic. It's going to be blurry the rest of my life you when think? I focus on yeah. something, yeah. I, I just praise God I have another uh, another one that's good. Oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, well, so I, you know, I praise God for that, and I just don't want this to happen. Uh, you know, I think I just, got, I just can't drink beer anymore. That's the thing, because I look, you know, and that, you know, but no, I'm sick of me, you know, I'm... I got a friend from North Carolina. He's going to call me in a couple of days, and and we, we're going to go over our maladies. And uh, he wants me to check him because he knows I'm a nutritionalist and an herbologist. And uh, he's got an alternative doctor that uh, understands this stuff. And he says, "Yeah, you just listen to your friend." And you, know, you try to tell people things, and they don't they don't li- really listen. I don't know what cognitive value in a human today is just it's almost worthless. You know, I mean, it's like gone. You know they don't, yeah. they don't listen, and you know anyway. So we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're we're on attack to 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 check each other, you know. And I'm not going to drink beer tomorrow because I know that it's it, it it. But what really got my eye was that that my brother, he you know, well I allowed him to uh, uh, push my buttons, and that 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 got me, you know. 
It right. wasn't the, you know, blood pressure. You got to watch your blood pressure, fellas. You know, don't and don't get aggravated by anybody. Just 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 walk away. That's right. Right. You know, well, you know you're believe. you're right. There's a lot of value in in natural uh natural alternative kind of things. I was I was having a little problem with my right eye with a lot of um it was bloodshot for quite a while and I got out my little old natural healing book and I followed it to the letter and within two days my eye was back to normal. And and well one of the things it it said I wanted to take real high doses dosages of zinc. Uh the other thing it re- wanted me to do was take um I took um uh, cohosh, black cohosh and yeah, also, that's another, yeah. yeah. You want you want picolinate. You want picolinate zinc. Yeah, that's what I have. And I'm telling you, like I said, within three days I'm I'm back to you know it's back to normal it's no more yeah, inflammation. Yeah, I remember you talking about it. Sounded like pink eye or something. Was it yeah, like pink that's eye? what I thought it was, and I totally ruled that out. Uh-huh. And I I went into the book, you know, and started doing. This guy's a phenomenal herbologist, and he he basically diagnosed every aspect of any anything. And, he, and when I went in there, it said, you know, um, you you have a deficiency of of zinc, and you also have a deficiency. You need to take massive amounts of vitamin C, and I did that. And I'm telling you, it was amazing. The next day, oh, was vitamin it. C is wonderful. You know, ascorbic acid just in powdered form, buffered. Yeah, make sure it's clean and not adulterated. And uh, no, I, I've got I've got like canisters of it, and I'll take it. I'll take five thousand milligrams in my uh, in my drink, but. Uh, uh, by the way, zinc, the right zinc is, you know, zinc is like the traffic cop in your body. Yeah. So think of it like that. And it directs all the other nutrients where to go and how to and what to do and how to do it, you know. Yeah, so zinc it, is so essential. So yeah, essential. The, way he, the way he describes it, it actually makes all the other nutrients in your body work better. Absolutely. It's a catalyst, but it's really in charge of, of your nutrients. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people are deficient. Well, let me tell you one other thing, you guys, that people are very deficient in because they've taken it out of the salt. It's iodine. Yeah. And a good iodine is a nascent iodine, and, and everybody's not getting enough iodine. You're not getting it in salt anymore unless you get the pink Himalayan salt. And that's, you, I know where to get that for $8 a pound, you know. On uh, American Voice Radio, by ten pounds. Another thing is really good. It, it really knocks you over uh, the first few days, but then it oxygenates everything in your body, and it's is is organic sulfur. Wonderful, huh. and it's wonderful for pain. It's like huh. MSM or whatever pain supposed uh, uh, over the counter pain uh, uh, supplements you're taking. It's all nutshelled in uh, in uh, in sulfur, and you get yourself huh. organic sulfur. I, I bought nine canisters of that, and it, you know, but it, it does kind of weaken you at first because your body's going, "Hey, what's this? You know, right, where's right. the garbage? Where's where's the Wendy's burger? You know, <laughs> <laughs> really, really, that's how your body is. It's going, "Hey, what's going on? You know, knock it off." Yeah. 
yeah. then you gotta you gotta really take a take a victory attitude over these things and uh and and, and it'll help you about beat these things. You know, there's only a two percent chance I can ever get rid of the blurriness in my eye, but there's a there's less than five percent chance this could happen to the other eye. And if that happens, Larry, I got to come and live there at your house because I don't have any family or people. And right. you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll keep I'll, I'll I'll carry my own weight and I'll even help. You know, because <laughs> I'm you know God's blessed me. God's blessed me that way, but. No, brother, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're my older brother. You're gonna have to take care. I mean, nobody's gonna have to take care of me. But if I'm blind, I'm blind, and I have nobody. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. And and you know, I, I again, I have the funds to to probably for the rest of my life, and the income coming in. But brother, if that happens, uh, I don't know. I hate to put you on the spot, but oh, we'll talk about it later. It, 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 Lord willing, it, it's less than five percent. It can ha- I can get a stomach in the other eye. So. Lord willing, and tomorrow I'm not drinking beer anymore, and uh, that that will my blood pressure will, will go right down. Four days after I stop drinking beer, my blood pressure normalizes. Wow! And they tried to nice. give me a blood pressure pill, and I don't want it because they're they're channel they're calcium channel blockers, and uh, they have a lot of uh, negativity to uh, to uh, uh, blood pressure pills. You don't want to get on a blood pressure pill regimen. There are other approaches. You know, but yeah. anyway, excuse me for interrupting. Please, uh, please carry on with that, uh, with with uh, the, the cliff notes of that book for us. Well, I don't, I don't, um, Michael. What do you want to do? You want to just uh, just continue fellowshipping, or do you want to? What do you want to do? I would like to hear you read some more. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll read, uh, I'll read uh, three more pages of this sermon. And then we'll go back in to decide where we're going to go. He, he continues and he says, Let us now notice the instrumentality God employs. Foolish, weak, base, contemptible. But not in his esteem. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to not things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Notice those characters, things which are not. Saved sinners whom the world acknowledges not. Honored ministers despised by many in the church. Mourners in Zion who are sick as self and fond of Christ. These are the very persons most likely to bring Christ to the forefront of their teaching and to crown him Lord of all. Look at the text. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, not of Paul, not of Apollos, not of Cephas, nor of all the apostles put together, nor by the unanimous consent of the fathers, nor by the whole church of the living God. In this stupendous act of sovereign grace, the bench of bishops, Jesus Christ, is the only one. Oh no, the God of truth declares, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. This is fearfully humbling to poor, proud human nature. Whether in the pulpit or in the pew, the most religious a man has without grace the i'm sorry the more the more religion a man has without grace the more he will chaff and fret under the declaration of human inability 
and divine sovereignty. But how blessed it is to know that the choice of ministers and the ministry of the word are in the competent hands, even the hands of our almighty and all-wise King and God. How can we sing, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto, unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. The true minister of Christ can honestly say with Paul, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And this sufficiency is simply to preach the glorious gospel of God in which is revealed the power and wisdom of God in the person of his Christ. God's will, God's work, and God's way in salvation are all set forth in his gospel of pure grace. In Christ Jesus, here human thought is confounded. Reason bows down and adores revelation, reigns alone. This is not simply revelation in God's book. We thank God for that. But it is the revelation of the Father in the Son. We laud and magnify his holy name for the revelation of himself in the book, but we thank him a thousand times for the revelation of his Son in us by the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. This we have supported by Paul in Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And God testifies to our heart concerning our relationship to him in the Son of his love, and the testimony is sealed home by the blessed Spirit then lordly reason ceases its rebellion, and barren intellectuality proves nothing. No elaborate dissertation can satisfy the soul that longs for forgiving mercy, justifying grace, and accepting love. What is it that truly satisfies the longing soul in the land of the living? It is, the God, it is God's revelation of Christ and the covenant in Christ. In the covenant we are one with Christ. And Christ hesitates not to acknowledge his oneness with us. In union with the Lamb, from condemnation free, the saints from everlasting were and shall forever be. So I'll stop there for now. Isn't that phenomenal? I mean, do you hear preaching like that anymore? <laughs> uh, no. Was that not present? <laughs> Outside of a few folks on Sermon Audio, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a blessing. It's really a blessing, you know. And he, uh, Where'd, you get Where'd you get the book, Lur? I got it from Jerry. Jerry gave it to me, and Jerry came, went downstairs when, when I was visiting him at his house. He went down. I wonder why he went downstairs, and he came back up, and he had a big grin on his face. <laughs> and, and he says, I've got something i got a gift for you and he said it's of the most precious gift i could ever give you and i said what's that he said this book larry uh is the top book in my library <laughs> except for the bible of course and right. i said and i said what is it and he said it's this book by thomas bradbury and i never even heard thomas bradbury i didn't even know i didn't i never heard his name I mean, there's a lot of Thomas Bradbury's, but it's not this Thomas Bradbury. He's in the 1800s. And um, so I brought the book home, and I started reading it. And I'm telling you, it, it's had about the same impact on me that the book of um, 
by Arthur Pinkhead on me when I first got it because this focuses so much on Christ. I mean, you know, it's just full of... uh, I'll, I'll jump back to how he concludes this sermon. And then I'll I'll just, I'm going to read the conclusion of this sermon. He says, uh, I know that I am in Christ, in Christ saved everlastingly, in Christ called graciously, in Christ justified freely, in Christ sheltered securely, in Christ nourished unceasingly, in Christ glorified eternally. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, in whom we receive the anointing which breaks and removes every yoke of legal bondage. Blessed be God. He knew what a Savior we should need and therefore laid help upon one that is mighty. God's anointed is Jesus as well as Christ. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Has he saved you? If he has, you will never rest satisfied without the full enjoyment thereof. Are you in Christ Jesus? Then your daily desire will be breathed to the majesty on high to be found in him, not having your own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is due the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Many think that they are in Christ Jesus first at the font. This is simply blasphemy, sheer folly. Deluded souls whose religion is all in dreamland seek their salvation there, but only to sport with their own deceivings. In Christ by baptism? Never. In Christ by human priest? Never. In Christ by stirring eloquence? Never. Oh, no. In Christ by sovereign choice? In Christ by the gracious operation of the Holy Ghost, in Christ by the testimony of truth concerning him, and in no other way for the enjoyment of the same of God. Not of Paul, not of Apollos, not of Cephas, not of anything short of God himself. Are we in Christ Jesus? And will he see to it that we all, that all we need in the way of wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption, we shall and must possess and enjoy in Christ Jesus? May God Almighty bless us and make our oneness with Christ increasingly manifest from whom there can be no separation and to whom be all honor and glory ascribed now and forever. Amen. That was very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Well... Uh, yeah, I can't wait to read more of that. That sounds great. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. Uh, well, let me uh, let's end this recording. We get still okay. talk. So and uh, yeah, that's great. That's good stuff. If I wasn't so tired, it would be very powerful. So, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, so. <laughs>